Hello and welcome to the Thursday edition of the American Scouser podcast. I am Gally and I am here in Massachusetts. Tonight I am joined with Jamie. Jamie, how are we doing? Top of the world. It's a great place to be, isn't it, Jamie? And with us down in North Carolina is Scott Fish. How are we doing, Fish? I'm doing well. Really happy to be here. Happy that we're talking right after this great win. It was a great win, and uh, we are lucky to be here on this day celebrating another Liverpool win. What we also would be celebrating would be the birthday of our host if he had come tonight. But I hear there might have been some type of negotiated approach where we didn't provide a cake or some type of yaya-like event. And uh, Timuchin has decided to spend the night with his family, which I don't blame him after Paul and I tried to loan him out to another family a couple weeks ago on the Monday podcast. So we will get right into it. But before we get into our topics, we're going to start with Jamie's News of the Week. Yeah, absolutely. We're recording live Thursday, the 10th of February. I could just hijack the next 60 seconds, lads, and sing, Oh, he wears a number 20. Uh, but I won't. Um, so, moving on, we've got 150 Premier League appearances for Trent today. Um, also news today that Liverpool have got more clean sheets than conceded goals at Anfield at 7-6. and six. Um We've also, wait for it, we've also mathematically avoided relegation today, folks. So a little round of applause, pat on the back for the Reds there. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about Joel Andre 3000, Matt, up here. Um, yes, he's made the news because um, that assist, definitely newsworthy. But Jada, Jada's the big news here today, folks. We could spend the next three minutes talking about Jada alone goals now against the Foxes, against Leicester than any other side. That's seven games and six goals. But he's also the only Premier League player now to score three goals with his left foot. Sorry, three plus goals with his left foot, right foot and header combination this season. Five with his left, three with his right and three headers. He's better than Figo, don't you know? He's Robbie Fowler and Dirk Coit's love child. Fight me. (laughs) Well played, Jamie. Well played. Always good to have your energy, and we appreciate you doing the extra effort on the news of the week for us every single Thursday. Cheers. So before we get to before we get to tonight's or to this afternoon's match, I want to talk and get your guys' uh, opinion over the weekend. We haven't heard from you since the beginning of the week. So we had the early match on Sunday. Luckily, we're all on the East Coast, unlike some of our loyal listeners out on the West Coast that are getting up at quarter of four in the morning to watch their Reds. (laughs) I'm always excited in the Discord to hear about how early they're up. Um, But, Jamie, talk to me quickly about what you thought um, when you saw Diaz get introduced um, after just 48 hours and two training sessions. You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about Jurgen taking his time to bring and bleed players in. Uh, how excited were you to see him and what were your initial thoughts just in those few minutes on Sunday morning? Initially, when, when the green light was given and it was announced, here we go, blah, 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 he, he's a Liverpool player. Um, I had a sneaking suspicion that we would try him out for 10 in the cup. Um, I think I said it in the Discord chat, <clears throat> Discord chat as well. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I definitely had a sneaking suspicion. Um, I didn't think be right. I thought, you know, why not? Maybe he, he's playing football currently. He, he's fit. He's healthy. He's on international duty. I, I was definitely excited to see him play. Um, I did think it wouldn't be too long until we'd see him. But for Klopp to introduce him, um, perfect time, I thought. Um, and, you know, I'm sure we'll get to today's game and, and, and all the rest of it. But uh, just fantastic energy the the guy is 25 he's, he's a fantastic prospect um yeah the more you hear about him the better it gets completely agree and scott um for you on your thoughts on sunday let's shift to uh not a new player but one who feels like a new player 
uh, as Harvey Elliott makes his long-awaited return, uh, you know, back to the first-team action and with a plum. Yeah, I I guess that saying gets thrown around, right, when a, a player comes back from a long injury and they say he's going to be like a new signing. Um, but let me tell you, the the electricity as soon as he came on, the the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, as as soon as he touched it, it was exactly like you said. It was like a new signing. He he comes in with intensity, with ambition to go above and beyond the levels that he was at when you know he he got that horrific injury, and you know, to, to put in the hard work that obviously none of the fans got to see in the background of him working hard for as soon as the injury happened to, to his recovery, you know, all credit to the young lad. I mean, he was a, a month early than what the prospective recovery time was. He, he did it in less than a, uh, in a month less than what he technically should have for his rehabilitation. And he comes in and immediately is on the front foot, not just with the ball, but without the ball pressing like, you know, Klopp loves his midfielders to do. And for him to get that goal in front of the cop in front of, you know, of his father sitting in the stands, I'm sure we all saw that video. I mean, it was, was emotional probably for any fan. I I think that it was a a great cherry on the top of the Liverpool Sunday um, that, that we really love to watch. So there you go. Somebody got it. <laughs> so I am I am pleased for I'm pleased for him and and I'm pleased for the team because frankly, you know, with new legs, with youth legs coming into this team, it, it definitely brings up the intensity. And it, it's something that the other players can feed off of as well. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great point. And uh one of our followers here is saying hello to us from Houston, and uh, we, we say hello back to Houston. And for any of those other folks out there that are watching on uh, LFC America or Facebook or on our YouTube page, please uh, like, share, comment away. We'd love to share your comments and let you be part of the broadcast. So as we kind of transition away, right, we've, we've advanced further then I can remember us advancing in a long time. I think only once under Jurgen Klopp have we gotten to the fifth round of the FA Cup, uh, which is where we find us ourselves now. Our next matchup is a nice, healthy draw at home against Norwich, which is a team that we should really go through. So we have a final later this month at Wembley. We're on one match away from playing in the quarterfinals to get a draw to play back at Wembley, uh, maybe for a second trophy already this year. Running down the title... And we have the Champions League coming back mid-next week. It doesn't get much better right now than it does <laughs> at this club. That said, we had a match today where we got to get excited. And uh, I was very excited when the lineup came out today. I liked what Jurgen did. I liked how he changed things. I don't know if it will ever come up on my screen. But the actual um, lineup today when it came out, guys, Give me your initial thoughts from the midfield three of Thiago, Fabinho, and uh, Curtis Jones. What did you think when you saw that first midfield fish? Uh, yeah, I, I thought that obviously I was very pleased to see both um, Thiago and Fabinho together. I know that uh, I, I ran across the stat today that, you know, uh, of their 17 games starting together, we've won 16 of them. The only one that we did not win was the Everton game that the, uh, of course, that offsides call from, uh, you oh. know, yeah, from maybe maybe Mane's elbow or something in sorts. Only the ref can answer that question. But, you know, clearly it's a, a recipe for success when you have the balance in the midfield. Um I I read, you know, that that Henderson may have some sort of knock or that maybe he was just discomfort. Maybe it's something that we don't need to be risking right now because of the players that are back from injury. And if that's the case, then I guess that's understandably why Curtis came back into the lineup, obviously with his form recently, um, initially thinking that that was a very good idea. I think the balance between the three on paper is, is incredible. Um, I think that you have a lot of different types of attributes that are going, you know, at, at once. And um, clearly that was the the plan 
right before kickoff. And Jamie, when you saw that lineup at first, uh, surprised to see Diaz from the start? Well, that's it exactly, isn't it, Gally? Like you asked Scott there about the midfield, and then you're asking me about the front line, and that's that's exactly where your eyes are drawn to immediately because back forward does itself, right? The, you know, Canada, Matip, depending on who we're facing, that's the conversation to be had. Today, the conversation definitely lands around the midfield and the front three. Um, Jada is just unplayable. We'll, we'll certainly wax lyrical about him momentarily. Bobby, I love him. Um, but I think I heard the commentator say during the game today that he hasn't scored in 14 months at Anfield. Um, I guess when you've got people like Jada behind you, it doesn't really matter. However, you know, Bobby's, Bobby's uh, worth to the team can't really be measured in goals. Um, and some may say that that's a good job. <laughs> but uh, Diaz, great to see him starting. Um, similarly, like Scott said, you know, yes, the knock with Hando and, and, and good to see Curtis in the lineup initially. Um, and, and, you know, part of the thing we all love about Curtis and, 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 and his gameplay is he's not shy to take on players. He's not shy to, to, to take a risk and, and, and inevitably that leads to a few mistakes. You know, I, I've been critical of him in the past when I say he turns into trouble sometimes, um, sometimes doesn't release the ball quick enough. But on Thiago, um, I watched a video on Thiago on training just before match day. Uh, today and and he was just on fire in a shooting drill where he was just taking touches and burying them in the corner and and you know like I said we'll get onto the game momentarily but it was kind of indicative of what Thiago's all about when he tried that overhead kick from just outside the <laughs> box you know like there was something about him in that training video where he he he's he looked good he looked good on the ball he looked quick he looked back to himself which is weird for us to say because we, we haven't really seen that. Yeah, it was very nice to see him, you know, start the match, play well, you know, make an impact early. Uh, he didn't pick up one of those silly yellow cards that makes you think he's going to hold his breath the rest of the match. Um, the James Milner card? That, well, I mean, yeah, we, we, were, we were spared the James Milner card. If you notice, I think we're getting so deep that there's going to be matches where Milner doesn't even have to warm up. Because I'm pretty sure he and Kelleher were the only two people not to take off the tracksuit today mm -hmm. at the match. I mean, Pepsi did more work. <laughs> Kelleher was still uh, sleeping on the squad on the bench. <laughs> not yeah. So, so let's get into the match. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see them start out really on the front foot. You could tell that they wanted to take it right at a wounded dog. I think they knew what they had in Leicester coming in, um, Rogers was absolutely scathing in his uh, post-match press conferences talking about uh, their performance against Forrest on the weekend in the FA Cup where they just capitulated and, you know, were just walked off the park by a championship side. It was an embarrassment for them. I think it might be their low, you know, I, I think it could get worse because, in some ways, the talent level they have, it just seems like they might have hit a little bit of a lull. I don't know if the players are still playing at the same uh, belief that they were, say, 18 months ago when they really thought they were going to make that run to the Champions League. But today shouldn't be about Leicester's shortcomings. It should really be about the way we put it on the front foot. So, Scott, overall, in the first half, um, it took a while for us to get into that game, to break things down. Uh, what were your initial thoughts as the match was unfolding, all of our possession, yet again, a nil-nil scoreline 30 minutes in? Yeah, um, obviously we'll we'll get into uh, Jota's first goal later. But prior to that, I think that we were, we were definitely trying to find our feet. It was almost indicative of a, a typical post-international break game in terms of not not really a disconnect, but really trying to figure out how to create that space behind that last line of defense. 
And I think that there were some misplaced passes. I thought in the beginning, it appeared that maybe Diaz and Robertson were a little bit disjointed. I think that got better over time as the game went on. Definitely. But initially in that first 15, 20 minutes, I, I think there was just not miscommunications, but like I said, just tinkering, just trying to figure out what direction to go with the ball, how to create that space in behind. And certainly we can say that from 30 minutes on, we had far less loose passes. But prior to that 30-minute mark, definitely there were some loose passes. There were some you know, second balls that we were not winning. And because of that, Leicester had their chances. Um, they were half chances. I don't think Allison maybe made more than two saves in the game. I, I recall in the beginning, Madison's shot on target. But when it comes to, you know, giving away half chances or half opportunities, when you have quality players on the opposing team, that can lead to, you know, real danger of the opposition scoring. Uh, when it comes to, you know, our play, like I said, uh, in the beginning, it, it was just a little bit disjointed. I thought that we did play well. We were moving the ball quite freely because Lester's press was not on. Uh, it was just how to make that space in behind. And, and Jamie, um, how about you in that first half? Um, where did you see the game start to turn? Was there a moment in that half that you started to see we started to actually take all that possession and actually turn it into real opportunities? Well, I mean, like Scott said, you could de definitely tell the, 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 the disconnect between, between Diaz as a, as a, a human with with the ball at his foot you know you put the ball at his feet he's he's still a fantastic player but he's still got that porto mindset like he, he he's only had i mean what four maybe four three or four training sessions with the squad maybe five um so you know it it is always going to look like that it's going to take him a couple of couple of games like it, this is definitely on the job learning but you could see those sparks getting there um where he was able to cut inside where he was able to 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 brush past a player and and eventually get going and, and build that rapport with Robbo because because those two were working hard anyway first half but um I mean a pinpoint moment it, it just kind of we grind them. We grind them down initially. Like it, it was. Um, we didn't. It wasn't our best performance. Certainly, it wasn't Diaz's best performance. But the lad played really well. I mean, we 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 done well. We 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 really um, from the get go. We looked the better team. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, I think we looked a better team. They had a couple of half opportunities. There was a time or two there where Virgil just criminally was about two feet behind uh, Joel and uh, the fullbacks. And uh, it was really tough because it's normally him, right, yelling at somebody for being a foot or two behind and playing someone on side. And he played Daka once on, and honestly, Lookman should have scored. Lookman was in on goal, and yes. Matip makes a nice challenge, but and then Ali makes a save. Um, to me, Lookman looked the best player for anyone on the pitch for Leicester, especially early in the match. I thought he was the one if anyone was going to get behind. For me, it was around 35, 38 minutes. Um, they randomly, or maybe it was off a corner or on some play, uh, they made a switch and Diaz went out to the right. Jota came over where he's more yeah. Bobby started to drop back. For me, that was when I noticed that the possession turned more into an attacking um, mindset. They looked like they were on the front foot at that point. And it just started to put a little bit of the pressure. And I think that's where Diaz is really different, is that he can play wide. And we see it every time he touches the ball. He's like a live wire, whether he's going forward, back to the goal. He draws defenders. They know they have to get close to him. And if they get too close to him, he's just going right by him. Um, and I think he can play wide, but when he brings it on the inside, he can also shoot. And when he drags the ball across the middle, he's confident to take the ball on his right foot. So when they pushed him out to the right, now I felt like Bobby and Jota did the natural interchange they did, which I think is what actually led to the corner. So that'll take us to the corner. 
I so think that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. Well made. Um, Diaz out in the right and the, the interplay between the front three. I mean, that's synonymous with a Liverpool front three, right? That's exactly that's, that's the Liverpool way. And you talk about the Liverpool way and these kids coming up through the ranks, like they know how to play the Liverpool way from the get go. You put Harvey into the squad, he knows what to do, he ticks. You put Cade uh, uh, Gordon out on the right wing, he knows what to do, it ticks. I, Diaz. It took him 30 minutes to get it, but like he's he's on board now. Like he'll only just get better. I think mm-hmm. the interplay between that front three, Bobby or whoever's playing the center, playing the pivot, Jota can do it. Probably Diaz can do it as well. Probably Mane can do it as well. And probably Mo can do it as well. And they can all go out wide. And and they can all beat a man out wide cut in, cross in, or they can step inside and take that shot. We're, we're, it's an embarrassment of riches now. You know, what a difference a, a day makes and what a difference a player makes. One signing was all it took for us to change from, shit, we're a bit thin here up top. Meanwhile, we've got Jada scoring all around us. And, like, you know, one player, um, one first team player, into that 11 and it, it's scary good you know i think we're the league isn't ready for diaz to to hit form and become a Klopp player once Klopp shapes him from what he has right now into a liverpool machine my god and i and i do agree with you jamie and 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 megan you know one of our contributors on the website chimes in here that jota should never play on the right and I, and I have to actually agree with her. I think he can play anywhere on the pitch. And if he sure. has a, you know, overlapping run and he swaps with Mo on a play, it's fine. But sliding in, I do believe um, he, he fits in well when he's either playing as a second striker or off on the left on the wing and working his way in uh, and commanding his spots. At the and same by, time, by, by that, Gally, sorry, I'm not saying that, we should definitely stick Jot out on the right. I'm just saying in that interplay, in that fluidity where an attack is happening, where Salah cuts inside, inevitably Jot has got to go out right. I'm not, I'm not and, saying. And exactly. He's a winger. Exactly. And, 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 you know, Daz makes a great point here. Daz, Darren O'Connor, the, the people that were moaning about our squad though, Depth <laughs> must feel like carrots right now, and we're gonna get to depth yeah, as same. this. Uh, we're gonna get to depth as this podcast progresses, but right now we're gonna stay on the match. So we get to the corner. Trent takes the monster corner. Virgil just smashes that header, and I'm thinking he's got another goal. We're gonna see another big, you know. If there's one actual critique could actually be that he doesn't score as many goals as we think he could or he should uh, for how prowess and how well we are on set pieces. But he gets the smashing header. Schmeichel puts his hand down. Jota, like usual, right place, right time, smash back in the net. Fish, Amazing. what's going through your mind as it happens? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I- incredible. The the man's just in the right place at the right time. You know, I it's the, the fact that that was his ninth touch all game when he scored that goal he had um the least amount of touches the only the only two players on the field that had less touches than him were patson daka and allison before he scored that goal and uh you know megan mentioned you know maybe he should never play on the right i i do agree that he's best elsewhere right he's best on the left and he's best going through the center now, the only reason that I can think that he maybe started on the right was because we're implementing a new player, Diaz. He's had three, four sessions. He's most comfortable on the left wing. Let's put him there where other players can aid to, you know, to help him out. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, let me tell you, we have quite the player on our hands. The the fact that he pops up at, at all points, just in the right place at the right time, he's just so savvy. He's so smart inside the box. His movement is is just so slightly acknowledged by the defenders and so underappreciated by fans. Like he he makes the space for himself. Whether it be a shoulder fade, whether it be two steps backwards, he makes that space for himself. And 
time and time again, it's in the right place at the right time. I mean, fantastic. It's instinctual. Um, and, and, and like I said, rather jokingly in the LFC news in 60 seconds, that Jota is Robbie Fowler and Dirk Coit's love child. It's tongue in cheek because I believe <laughs> what I'm telling you. I, I like he's phenomenal. And, and like Scott said, he makes that space for himself because he, everything's in slow motion for him. I feel, I feel like he knows what's coming. He's the best Portuguese striker, not just in the league, in the world. I mean, he's phenomenal. Um, I just can't get over it. Um, he's an amazing piece of talent in our squad. He is, and I, I'm pretty sure that the second best Portuguese striker in the world is probably Andre Silva. Um, but we'll move on. So we'll move <laughs> on Ronaldo here as better. we look we at. Shouldn't even call him. Shouldn't even call him Fat Ronaldo. The the, the other Ronaldo. No, no, it, 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 there is only one Ronaldo. Yeah, it's an insult to him and the wedge of hair in the front of his forehead. So as we move on and we kind of look at uh, the second half. So I will say this, as we got to the halftime and we were talking in the Discord channel, uh, and for those of you listening to the podcast or new to this um, broadcast, our Discord channel is where we fools talk throughout the day about Liverpool, basically 24 hours a day, unless you yeah. use the channel or yeah, your yeah. boss walks near your computer. Um, but it's it's a fun uh, community for us to share our thoughts on Liverpool, the rest of the league, fantasy, and all different things, um, TV, strength, and more. So if you'd like an invite, <laughs> let us know, and we'll make sure and invite you to our next game day match thread. But we were talking, and I was thoroughly disappointed um, with Jones today. I was disappointed with his play in the first half. I thought that if anyone got subbed off at halftime, it would be Curtis Jones. I felt that you really saw missing Henderson, the speed in which the ball moves through our midfield and the breaking of the lines. And Lester didn't even have possession today, and the ball was still moving very slowly. I, I think it was Paul Bickler who brought that up at first in our Discord channel, just saying how much we miss Hendo, and you don't realize, you think of his energy and the industry he brings, but you don't always think about the one-touch passing and the fact that he knows where the ball is going before it even comes to him. And it just sets not up just the that, that we speak. Not just that. He he demands it off every other player. As soon Correct. as he passes the ball, he's barking at you. Like, so in a way, I feel bad for Curtis Jones. He, he's he got huge shoes to fill, right, Scott? I mean, yeah. he he's... And, and again, why we love Jones is he he's trying to do the the unexpected he's trying to beat a man he's trying to to get it off but yeah i mean beckler's absolutely right hendo is the marshal in midfield he 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 che he kicks every ball and he <laughs> beckler beckler knows right um like okay okay that's that's three times we gave three positive compliments within a three minute period that's enough for one <laughs> podcast we can take it off the screen and we cannot bring it up again I don't think, worry, I think don't honestly, worry. he's not he's not watching. He's cultivating his sweet potato crop. <laughs> That's a great point. I, yeah. I honestly think that uh when it comes to Jones, you know, his his mold, he, you know, the, the player that he wants to be when he, you know, has years and years of Premier League experience, right? He he should be looking to his midfield partner that today. I mean, Tiago is likely who he's trying to emulate when it comes to his turns, when it comes to his creativity, when it comes to his plays, you know, through on, you know, through on goal, looking for that pass. I think that when you're looking for a midfield balance, you want different aspects from each of your three midfielders. And I think that obviously Fabinho is the best in the game when it comes to a center defensive mid, someone to just sit right in front of the defense. I think people forgot just how good Tiago is. And the the fact that the man, you know, is, is sometimes just doing a little mini show just for the fans, you know, in the middle of the game, he'll just do a turn. He'll, he'll try to win a ball back. And it's, it's almost like the overhead kick. Oh yeah. In, in between, in between this, 
90 minutes of full fire Premier League football, you have this little Spanish guy running around doing flicks and twirls and kind of just no making the passes and yeah. whatever. And, and, you know, yeah, shoulder, shoulder fades. And when you look at Jones, again, I think he's a great talent. I do think that he's been in fantastic form the last few games when it when it comes to, you know, our, our front three missing and him kind of trying to fill the void of creativity. Um, but when you see him on the field compared to, let's say, Tiago, who is trying to pull the strings as much as he can, definitely there is a gap in, you know, talent. And as fans, we have we have to be patient. Fish, I think yeah, it's I mean, point, but there's a be, wealth of be. maturity from Jones to Tiago. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so there's time for all of that to build, but you know that's why we love Jones, and I think you've made a great comparison that Tiago is the type of player that he wants to be, right, Gally? Mm-hmm. I mean, he he wants to be that creative flair. Absolutely, we have to be careful as we refer to as we refer to Tiago as the Spanish player, as that Spaniard, because he's a Brazilian player who was raised in Italy who decided to play for Spain. And someone can figure that one out for me. You have the ability and the talent to play for Brazil. And if you don't want to play there, you have the ability to represent and play midfield for the Azuri. And then you decide to basically play in Spain where they've never actually recognized or utilized his God-given talent. He was sitting at the Euros behind, you know, players who were playing in the Russian league. So if I, if I were Tiago, I might look back and think to myself, maybe I should have been playing for Brazil. With, with, with the greats. Yeah, that's that's my point. But maybe he, maybe he wanted to make his own way or maybe he was smart enough to know he never wanted to share a hotel with Neymar. But, it is Smutian's birthday, so we cannot bring up Neymar any further tonight on the podcast unless it is rolling around on the floor. <laughs> well, you know what, Jamie? That's a, that's a nice little segment, though. If Nabi Keita put in the performance that Jones put in today, we would have started this podcast with people railing on Nabi Keita being slow on the ball, turning it over in midfield, and creating errors in situations because – we're going to now kind of take it further when when Jones came off, when we saw the first substitutions, right? And we saw Bobby come off. We saw Jones come off. Obviously, Salah came on to his amazing roar, which was great by the Anfield crowd, to salute him for his work at AFCON and let him know how much we missed him. Hopefully, it also was a little kick in the pants to walk into the boardroom and sign a contract later this weekend. But at the same time, we brought in young Harvey Elliott. And for my money, I think we sent, we had about a 20 minute period where we actually sent shivers and fear down the spine of like the future managers and defenders of the Premier League. Cause they saw what our right hand side could look like for years to come with Harvey, Mo, and Trent working together in those small little triangles that they were putting together. And I, I honestly believe we're going to see a different Mo Salah because he looks excited to play with Harvey Elliott behind him. Like he's never had a creative player like that behind him in the past. Um, so I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. And, of course, we are going to get to the second goal. And uh, we're not going to really talk about the guy who scored it. We're going to talk about the giraffe <laughs> who created it. But first, how about that magic little trio that we see building on the right hand side? Unbelievable. Start with you, Jamie. No, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, Pitch. Scott. I, I'm, if you don't mind. Um, no, I'm, I'm just over here singing, man. Don't you worry. I'm over <laughs> here fucking singing. Ab- absolutely unbelievable. The the movement and the creativity and the amount of talent in in each of their boots. The the fact that they can execute these passes that they see before anyone else is really, really exciting. Um, I think that Harvey Elliott showed the Henderson determination of doing overlaps around around the right side time and time again. And he had showed the determination of getting back. You know, he did his defensive bit and several times he was making that chance to to return possession and get back on the front foot. Um, Boaz says, you know, what about that Salah hit? 
Oh my word. The the fact that Salah cutting in and, you know, obviously we all know he's going to take the shot. And when he first hit it, it almost looked like it was going wide, well wide. But the amount of curl that he put on that was absolutely incredible. Between yeah, that shit started out, that shit started out in Egypt and ended up in Cameroon. <laughs> I mean, b- between his wand of a left foot and you know Harvey's youth and determination, and and the fact that he has so much talent, and you know, obviously enough's been said about Trent, but we can keep going on and on if we really had the time, which we don't. The the fact that we have three just. engine with the talent that they have is incredible. And Jamie, what about you between Harvey's performance, uh, Mo's introduction, you know, just what you see their partnership creating and what it might mean for the overall depth of this squad moving forward. You know, we kind of touched on it earlier on when when we, we talked about the, the Liverpool way and how it's being taught. And I know Harvey Elliott was brought into the system. He's not necessarily an academy player. But nonetheless, your job is made specifically clear to you on how we play, what we do. So those overlapping runs that Hendo does, guaranteed Hendo doesn't want to make those runs, but he's been told to. Or or maybe not with Hendo. Hendo is kind of the guy who'll run his socks off for the whole team. He'll 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 do a right back job, he'll do a midfield job, he'll do whatever he's told. Um I think similarly about Harvey. I think he's got all right, Tamuchin, take a day off at your birthday, mate. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, we have to we have we, we have says, to mention it. Yeah, stop mentioning Neymar because he absolutely despises Neymar. Meanwhile, he's on Netflix watching the Neymar documentary, guaranteed. Um, well, while, while we're there, Jamie, before you go further, if we're going to pause for Timuchin's birthday to interrupt us with Neymar talk, we might as well interrupt the broadcast to happy put birthday, a, happy to, birthday to our fearless dictator. Timuchin, we appreciate you and all your help and all the efforts you do. We hope you have a great night. and. You are our dictator, and we appreciate you very much. You'll and never walk alone, Timuchin. Happy birthday, you old git. Happy birthday, Timuchin. <laughs> Fair play, so man. back to Harvey. I mean, he's brilliant, right? He He's everything you want from a kid. Um, I think, yeah, he's well-drilled. You know, the, the, these kids are told you've, you've got to – I mean, up until the injury – he had a starting 11 place to talk about. Like he was in the conversation legitimately. So legitimately. So, you know, that's the thing here, 18 years of age, 147 days out injured. These things don't add up to what we're witnessing. (laughs) Do they? I mean, yeah, he's got the ignorance of youth on his side and, He's made like a rubber band so he can break a, a limb and get up and walk it off. 147 days, though. Um, I mean, it was on the, the Monday podcast where Megan was crying for appraisal because she called it. She was watching every Instagram flick, every every reel, every tweet, everything, um, as we all were. I mean, Harvey is such a talent. Um, to get his first his first uh, senior goal, he he's just taken the game by the scruff of the neck. It's exactly what we want to see. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So this takes us to our second goal. Um, obviously, the goal is well taken, well finished as usual. Right place, right time. Jota's there. Turn, smash, goal. But let's be honest, it had everything to do with the giraffe doing his thing, <laughs> making that nutmeg, making that pass. The man and the look of the moment. On his face, the look on his face when Jota turned around and realized that the pass came from Matip, 
the two of their just smiles and points, like you can just see how much this team loves that big goof uh, of a human being. And how couldn't you? Um, but what what was going through your head, Fish? And honestly, how what kind of a relief was it? Because I know three and a half minutes to go, I did not want this to be a one goal. Right, right. You you know that. I mean, I I will say that I felt uh, way more confident in in the direction of the game, even though it was a one nil, uh, even though it was a one nil score. But for sure, I mean, we needed the second. We definitely needed the second, and we were pushing hard the 10, 15 minutes prior with between Salah and Diaz going several times close, each of them. But, man, when that ball pops up to Matip at the center of the box, all of Anfield is yelling, shoot, right? (laughs) This man has the vision and the execution to use the outside of his boot. No look Meg on the defender, slip Jota into space that we didn't even know there was space, and Jota gets the second of the day. I mean, it it's a testament to Matip's determination because you remember three years ago, a lot of fans were writing him off. And, and the fact that he has gone to become this cult hero that we all needed in our life, this goofy man that whenever he has space in front of him, Liverpool fans are urging him to go ahead and, you know, run with the ball. I mean, is, is incredible. I, what, what a player. I mean, he had to have been one of the most undervalued players before the start of this season in terms of what he brings to this team that other players can't. And I think that he is a facet of creativity and, and frankly, we play better when he's going with the ball and his feet, it's incredible. So I was discussing with, with my local supporters group here in, in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, Scott, I, I got to invite you to the group, actually. You're a North Carolinian, too. You may as well be one of us. Yeah, um, may as well. But uh, so Joel Andre 3000 Maddup, <laughs> as, as he is now being known by myself, um, and myself only. He actually has the same initials. I have the same initials as him, rather, because he's older than me. Like, uh, like he didn't realize that I was born just to call himself <laughs> J-A-M. So it's J-A-M, Joel Andre Matip. Um, I'll let you guess as to what my middle name is. But anyway, he's fantastic. And somebody said, oh, I, I've, I've, I said, I've got the same initials as Joel Matip. He said, oh, well, you're a legend, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm both a, a tall, skinny, very leggy legend, using the term loosely. Um, but I love him. I mean, when he eventually gets his goal, we're going to have to come up with a song. Walking in a mat of wonderland. Or, it, you know, it, it's, not, it's not Christmas, but we need to have a song for Joel because he's meme-worthy. He's... Uh, an educational um, source for me because the coconut is just the genus name uh, for uh, for the plant, the nut, and the seed. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> so, we, need for- we need a song for Diaz. We need a song for Mata. We need a song for Fabinho. Um, I've tried to make my own up for Jada, but the new one on Jada is just fantastic. It, it's been in my head for feels like three weeks. I, I could break into song in any minute, and my wife would literally decapitate me. Um, yeah. So uh, for those that are long-standing listeners of the podcast, um, we've been calling for Megan to join us on this podcast for a long time now, and we haven't got anyone to ring to the bell. But now we have our supporters and fans calling for Megan to be part of the weekly calls. So in Megan, some ways, Megan, give us a win. Even if it's just a recorded uh, audio-only portion, we're going to have to help and make sure that we answer <laughs> to the fans. And we, we told you here at American Scouser, we listen to your comments and we want your feedback. So we're going to have to bring uh, some of that to the forefront, like our song for Diaz as well. So The, the, the sad know, thing James, is, Gally, we have to wait 
until she gets all those beautiful framed shirts in her background because it's true. You know, you know uh, me, me you, and Fish are over here with you know just a flag and a scarf and a a, a Carlsberg can. <laughs> Megan's got the lot. Bose Megan's got asked. the lot. Bose has asked and Megan has delivered. She's letting us know that she'll be live from Anfield, and we're going to hold her to this. We're going to make sure that American Scouser gets our first ever live exclusive from Anfield. Megan is actually going to be lucky enough to travel over and see three to four matches in one trip. And if anyone um, here ever has questions about how to travel to England and what to do when you're there, reach out to American Scouser. Because Megan White has the travel trips tips for you. Don't you worry about the service, Megan. You just record a video and send it to us, and we'll we'll broadcast it <laughs> as if it was live. But in, in all seriousness, folks, if it wasn't for the fact that the Liverpool tickets for Wembley are being so badly price gouged, she'd be at five games in a space of what two weeks, Megan. We love you. We're living our life vicariously through you. Ain't that um, the truth? You better be wearing your your lucky Liverpool socks and whatever else charms you need. We're sending all our love and, and Liverpool energy through you, girl. Fair play to you. All right. So let's uh let's put a bow on today's match. Great three points one. We move up the table. One more, one more second. On on the last goal, Diaz done a good bit of work to get it to Joel Andre 3000 Matip. I, I, I don't want to move forward without saying it that. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They, 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 I mean, the play all around from the boys, uh, the entire second half was great. Um, we just, you know, can't overlook what that man did. So I think that's why we probably put all of the onus on the Matip pass. But the buildup was uh, special in itself. So, obviously, we're on to the title challenge, hopefully, at this point. We still have one more game in hand. We'll have our head-to-head -head with City. They still have uh, a few tough matches against top sides. You know, I feel like they're going to sleepwalk their way to three points almost every single week like they did over the weekend against Brentford. But as we talked a little bit when we were uh, preparing for this call, Maybe the greatest battle right now is at the bottom of the table where we find six, seven teams within six, seven points of the drop zone. One, of course, being Frank Lampard's blue army of Everton. Uh, Jamie, how realistic is it that in match week 35, match week 36, Everton will still be touch and go to the relegation zone like they are right now? I'm just going to say one thing. Cheerio, 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 <laughs> cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. Fuck it. Fuck the chair. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're getting relegated, lads. <laughs> I love it, Jamie. Uh, from your mouth to the relegation god's ears, as long as they're sent down with Burnley and any other club. That's uh, right. Fish. Fish, what are you thinking? And, and it doesn't just have to be about Everton because this was a great – I mean, this has been a very interesting couple uh, match days with Norwich picking up four points, Newcastle back-to-back -back wins, uh, and Brentford just dropping and dropping <laughs> and dropping. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, let, let's start with the, with the team that you last spoke about, Brentford. I mean, they play – rather decent football and they play rather decent competitive games against pretty top sides but nothing's clicking for them right now and they're going to be holding on to the points that they got into the beginning of the season and try to ride this storm as long as they can because they are dipping further and further towards that relegation battle when it comes to teams that have been in the relegation zone for the entirety of the season, I'm talking Norwich, I'm talking Newcastle. Both of them have platforms to hold their heads high and, and to really be confident that the teams above them look worse than they do. Sure. And the team that looks the worst right now are our neighbors, Everton. I mean, 
you get Frank Lampard, you bring in two center attacking mids, and the only goal that you get in the game is an own goal, right? <laughs> they got three great ones, and that was the only goal they scored was an own goal. The The fact that they have <laughs> such work. <laughs> Darren O'Connor, he goes ahead and says, let's all take uh, a second to laugh at the blue shite. So let's just let's just go ahead and laugh all together. Let's not even try to talk over each other. Well played. Well played, and thank you, Daz, for taking us into that. Um Fish, sorry to cut you off there, but that was too good of a moment not to uh once again we respond to the listeners. If you have a desire or a want to see, we will do our best. Unless, of course, it is something lewd, rude, or, well, we probably would do both of those as well. So (laughs) let's transition now from the relegation battle. We're going to get back to it each week and kind of keep our eyes on it. Because I honestly believe it'll be one of the most exciting things we have seen as Liverpool supporters is running down Everton to the championship. My dream is Tranmere comes up, Everton keeps going down. And they can just <laughs> complain and complain, and they'll still have their derby between those two little clubs. And by little clubs, I mean Tranmere and those other clubs in Liverpool. So let's move on to our match uh, coming up this weekend. Um, we play the aforementioned thugs of Burnley, um, Deich's army of knights at just just disgusting football. We know what we're going to see. We probably know how they'll line up. There'll be a kick or two. There'll be a touchline dispute between Dyche and Klopp. <laughs> a couple ugly looks. Um, what do you guys expect from this matchup? What are you guys expecting to see uh, as far as lineup changes, especially knowing it's Burnley and that we have the Champions League match on Wednesday to follow? We'll start with you, Scott. Uh, I think that Obviously, we are going into a match recognizing that time and time again, this has less to do with football and more to do with Burnley's desire to hurt the other team, whether that be physically, whether that be mentally, whether it's being pain in the asses to fucking everybody, right? Sondike has created a team that is very difficult to play, but it has nothing to do with their football. It is just annoying as fuck to have to play them. For that reason, I do think that we are going to be going into the game with more senior heads starting. I don't think that we're going to be playing many of our kids when it comes to Elliot or Curtis Jones. I do think we have the possibility of seeing definitely Tiago and Fabinho fitness, presuming, Tiago and uh, Fabinho keeping their spot. I think that third midfield spot, if Henderson is available, it should go to him. If not, I do think we bring Milner back into the realm of, you know, starting that game. When it comes to the James Milner three, makes James Milner plays 10 minutes if he starts a game at Burnley. He gets a <laughs> yellow in the first five minutes, and 10 minutes later he realizes he can't take it, and these guys are going to kick him all game. No way. Milner has eight and a half minutes and maybe two yellows in him at Burnley (laughs) this weekend, in my opinion. But um, I I do know where you're going. So why don't we wrap it up? Why don't you give me your prediction? So then we'll get Jamie's thoughts. So what's your prediction for this weekend against Burnley? For for my starting lineup, I think we have the same back line as today. Like I said, we go Henderson or Milner with Thiago and Fabinho. Our front three will be Salah and Firmino and Jota. And then the score, I'm going a big old 2-0. Love it. Jamie? Yeah, I can't really complain with that. Um, I think that's a, a fair enough fair enough assumption. 2-0, um, Jota, Firmino, Salah up front. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll take a slice of that. Give me two, I know give me two of them. Mind. Give me two of them, Scott. That's right. I know that I'm feeling good when Jamie agrees with me. That means I did something right. I I, I don't think it's too far off of the scoreline. Uh, I won't lie. It's a couple clean sheets in a row. 
Um, we're, we're, we're known to give up a goal uh, to a physical presence, and I can see Weghorst causing us problems similar sure. to what he did to United. Um, and maybe Rodriguez running on one of our defenders, especially when Trent um, and what I believe will be one of the subs is I think I think Shemikis will get the start with the fact that we got the midweek Champions League match. I, I think he's proven himself as a quality um, deputy for Robo. I think taking the, you know, I like to say the post got Robo's shoulder. Robo didn't hit the post. Um but, uh, you know, I, I could see him getting a rest in this match. I could also see Henderson coming back. I could also see this being a spot to give Harvey a spot start. If, you know, he's got a match and a half under his belt, maybe this is where he starts, but maybe you don't want him in such a physical um, matchup. Up front, I expect Mane, uh, Jota, and Salah to play. I, I think Mane comes back, and I think Jurgen gets him back in the lineup, you know, to see – is being the best player in Africa propel him back to being one of the best players in England? And That's with that, out. I'm going to take a 3 1 uh, good guys win. And I don't believe that we can hope for uh, the city drop points this weekend. Uh, I'm hoping some city drop points will come before we play them to put even more pressure on them in that matchup. Um, but before we go here on any final thoughts for this week, guys, um, anything else you want to share about either today's match, the uh, match in general, or what you think we're going to see from Burnley or the, the matches going forward? I'm going to jump in and I'm going to change my 2-0 because I picked a 2-1 for today on the, on the LSC official app. You can pick your, your score protections. And I think 9% of people picked a 2-1. Um, obviously we've got a 2-0. I'll, I'll, I'll actually change the Burnley to a 2-1. I think we could either go up early and they'll draw late, sec, uh, late first half and then we'll, we'll, we'll nab one at the very end. Um, that's probably the way I feel. Because we have kept some clean sheets recently, but I, I feel like Burnley are one of them shitty teams that they'll just nick one somewhere. Um, two blocks of five, you know, the whole game, and then they'll catch us on a break or something. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the lineup is. That's for sure. I had and, a and nice. Sorry, I had a. I nice was going to say before. Go ahead, I had a nice ten minutes where Jamie agreed with me, so uh, I'll, I'll take that <laughs> while it lasted. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I think David Leslie, Dave Leslie, makes a great point here. Um, you know, I think they're going to stack the box and we're definitely going to need yep. Thiago and Salah uh, to be on point. And I think that was kind of where my mindset was about Harvey. And now that I think about it more, I think he plays a bigger role from the bench if you need to change the game. And I think that's really what we, you know, one topic we didn't get to tonight directly, but we talked about it in the entire podcast because we talked about so many players is the depth that this team has at this point. I mean, they Joe Gomez didn't dress today. Mane isn't in the city. And Origi still isn't fit to play. And we had all senior players on our bench. And we had actual game changers at multiple positions. And I think that's the difference what we've been calling for as supporters um, from ownership. And, and from the players, let's be fair. They have to get fit. They have to stay fit. And they have to get in form and take their opportunities. And we couldn't be luckier as red supporters, in my opinion, at this point, about where we are in the present, where we're going in the immediate future, over the next four months where we have a chance to win four titles, and to where the future has laid us, you know, down the road. Just seeing the way that this club has responded in management, the supporters having fans back in the stands. So uh guys we're gonna let jamie do what he does best jamie you got 20 seconds sing us out jesus <laughs> lads I, I could go on talking about the squad depth for another 30 minutes here fuck it the, the monday no more crowd, 30 minutes it's just Sally, the, monday sing us crowd song. Go, the, the monday crowd go over an hour all the time look we've just had an hour we can talk for another 15 minutes about squad depth no 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 don't even let me get started on the squad depth we're embarrassed <laughs> when it riches lads embarrassed when it riches Wembley! 
Wembley. Well, the greatest team in Europe. We're going to Wembley. Wembley. <laughs> Take care, Wembley. everybody. Dad's had it. He told you to just shut up and start singing. He knew what <laughs> well, Cam Gallagher was looking Europe, for. We're going to Wembley. Wembley. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, um, comment. Send us messages if you have feedback for us on these podcasts, on content for the website. You want to join the Discord channel. We would love you to get engaged. And for everyone here at American Scouser, thanks for checking out on Thursday night. Have a great week, guys. Thanks, everybody. Up the